Good day, nerds. This is Megan coming at you with another Canteen Conversation. Today's episode features a chat with Donna Hill. We're talking about her book, I Am Aya, The Way Home. That book comes out on May 23rd. First of all, I absolutely loved this book. I recommend it to like everyone. Uh, Donna is, is so talented and the story, in my opinion, is just so special. And um, she just does such a great job in bringing this story to life. You'll hear me gush about that in the interview. But I just really enjoyed getting to know Donna as a writer. She's been writing for decades and um, just kind of also learning how she got sucked into the research of exploring the ancestry and the history of um, people of color and how they were brought to America and how that brought her story to life. But either way, I'll let you guys get to it. Here is Donna Hill. So today we've got Donna Hill. We are talking about I Am Aya, The Way Home. It comes out on May 23rd. Um, Donna, thank you so much for joining us today. I absolutely loved Aless- uh, Alessandra's story. I was so captivating and I'm going to gush about it this whole time. So (laughs) we're, we're going to get into it, but I, I just, I love that I had the opportunity to read this book and that I have the opportunity to chat with you about it. Um, So thank you and welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So um, to get started, can you give like a little summary of the book story so that readers and listeners can um, follow along with the conversation? Uh, Okay. So I am Aya is parallel stories happening. Um, It's my sort of take on the idea of the Wizard of Oz, like what is actually home. Um, And so my main character, Alexandra, um, has left home years earlier. She had a, a dysfunctional relationship with her father after her mother passed. She moved away, swore she was never coming back. Her father gets ill and she's forced to return home. Um, And during the time that she's there, she stumbles upon a chest that has been kept hidden from her um, or her life. And in this chest is the history of her family dating back to the arrival um, in 1839 on the Amistad that docked outside of Sag Harbor where she lives. Um, And through a series of letters and journal entries and newspaper clippings, she's finally able to come to terms with who she is and who her family is um, and reconcile a lot of the things that she took for granted. Um, Her mother sort of believed the past is the past and leave it there. Um, Just look forward to the future. And so she never really wanted to talk about who they were. And so it's a story about family legacy, um, the importance of telling our stories from generation to generation so that our stories don't get lost. Mm. And so that's kind of like what it's about. (laughs) Yeah, I you pulled me in like I was rooting for Alessandra, like once like once the reader kind of begins to connect the dots, it's kind of like I I was I was like, come on, like I I was hoping for the happy ending and like hoping I was rooting for her. Like <laughs> a, after all, like just and I I wanted I wanted to find out with her, you know. <laughs> so um very well done. And so you've got like a ton of published works under your belt. You are so prolific. I don't even know how you do it. Um, can you go into your background a little bit? Um, you know, and maybe lead up to kind of how what what made you decide to bring I am Aya to, to life. Um, wow. Well, my career as a writer started in like 1987. So I started writing short stories for the Confession magazine. <laughs> yeah, those, okay. those magazines <laughs> that you sort of like had to hide under your covers. <laughs> guilty pleasure. <laughs> yes, yes, it was a guilty pleasure. So I started writing for them. Um, my first novel was published in 1990 to not a lot of fanfare. Because at that time, there were very few um, Black romances that had been published um, at that time. And so it was difficult, but uh, we made a way. Mm -hmm. Uh, We got them in the stores. And one book turned into the next book and the next book. Um, I, my first two books came out from a small publishing company in Silver Springs, Maryland. Um, Then I moved on to Kensington Publishing. Um, which was a much bigger house. They 
launched the Arabesque line, which was a line of African-American romances. And so kind of fell into that, moved over to Harlequin after that. Um, I did a lot of um, women's fiction work with St. Martin's. You know, they did a lot of my first hardcover work, did a bunch of anthologies with a lot of other writers. Um, I edited collections myself. And so my taste in terms of what I like to write and what I like to read is very eclectic. Mm-hmm. Um, I sort of read across the board I, and I, I write in, in a variety of genres, even though the foundation uh, will be romantic. There's other things that I like to try to address in the stories that I write. Yeah. And so over the past couple of years, I've, I've, I've gotten into sort of like a new lane um, that I'm looking at how I can tie um, historical events um, and connect them to contemporary characters. Mm. And so prior to I Am Aya coming out, um, Confessions in B-flat came out. And so that was a romantic story as well, but it was set during the height of the civil rights era. Mm-hmm. So my characters interacted with like the civil rights leaders and all the different things that were happening. Um, and so I, ha- I, I have this sort of love for Sag Harbor. Um, I did a stories there earlier in my career and I just fell in love with the place. And it's always sort of like been in the back of my head. And so when I was doing some research um, about Sag Harbor and came across all of this really rich historical information, I was like, that's the place that I want to start. And so I began um, looking at the towns, um, you know, the small communities in Sag Harbor, um, the history of it, and found out about La Amistad. And so then I started reading about that. And what happened and what happened to the slave ships. And so my thought was, they said that there were, um, you know, 52 people on board. What if there were 53 and the 53rd person escaped? Mm -hmm. That 53rd person was my um, contemporary character's ancestor. And she was a woman. And of course, because, you know, I write for women, my my um, heroine at the, at the beginning of the story, the the original Aya, she is the one that freed Senke, who, you know, of course, then, you know, becomes this, you know, national figure and all of that. But nobody knew about yeah. the woman who set him free. So that became the premise for uh, for the story. Um, so I started there. Um, and then I wanted to look at how each of the ancestors were arrived in different parts of the country during different time periods. Um, and so you'll see, you know, the Tulsa riots and the big Chicago fire and, you know, things like that, the Great Depression. Um, so I wanted to be able to to bring all of that together and have my character learn about herself, mm-hmm. um, learn about her history and her family and where she came from. Yeah, absolutely. In a nutshell, <laughs> um, I want to piggyback on a couple things. So I did like kind of Google uh, Sag Harbor to to see if it was a real place. Yes. <laughs> and it, it's a small community. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's super small, like just in New York. Right. But like it's, a new, it's, it's uh, on an island of like it's just on Long Island. Right, it's- right, right. OK. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so, no, I because I, it helped, you know, sometimes it just helps to like I mean, you, your writing helps set the scene definitely. Cause I imagine Alessandra, like, or going back to her childhood home, but it was like her family had owned it for generations, you know? And so mm-hmm. I imagine it was like very much like a boom in your face house, you know, <laughs> like a very powerful, tall standing, uh, significant structure. Um, and so, but I imagine in a small town like that and with an old, uh, old town where it's just kind of everything's just being kept maintained and all that and, tra- and, and kind of treasured in a way that where it's, it's still standing. And so, um, no, that, that's, that's really cool that it was that. I love that you, uh, were exploring it a bit and then you found out like so much rich like culture and history and all these fun details that I bet like 
pulled you down the rabbit hole for I know yeah absolutely <laughs> pulling down the rabbit hole I'm like wait 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 I gotta get back to writing you know so yeah. <laughs> like yeah. you got, maybe you got post-it notes everywhere you know <laughs> yes and notebooks and and index cards and everything just like all over the place so yeah yeah absolutely oh that's awesome um and then another thing I wanted to piggyback on that was uh something I wanted to dig into so what like based on your research like what what type of research, um, like, did you approach this story kind of the same way, but it seems like maybe uh, the research came to you a little bit? Like, you know, when you write your other stories, um, how do you approach the research part of it to, like, get tidbits that aren't necessarily, like, in your brain to collect your ideas, to get that authenticity, make sure that you've got all the details uh, right and ready to go, and then kind of, like, hopping off of that, maybe, like, what was, like, one of the most surprising or fascinating things that you learned uh okay so that's like a a five-part I know I know (laughs) (laughs) Um, well like I I think that a lot of you know because you know I'm an English professor also so you know I always tell my students you know you have to start with a question Mm. right so what if and and what is your answer so my question was like what if you know, this, this young woman escaped and she escaped in this particular town during this particular time period. What happens? What would it look like? And so I began there. Uh, I did, you know, a lot of research on, um, the, the ship itself, um, who originally had it, what the route was, you know, how they, how they got to where they were going, all of the different stories that were told about it. Looking at Sag Harbor Village during that time period, it was a whaling town mm. um, and it was very, uh, you know, very profitable during that time period. Um, but it was also a space where a lot of freed blacks escaped to um, the Indians lived there. So they mixed, they lived together in that area. Um, and then um, when, when I and because I had been to Sag Harbor before, um, you know, I always had the visuals of what the town yeah. was now so i can bring uh, you know alessandra into that space but then you know a lot of of course a lot of it is you know imagination you're like what did it really look like i don't know you know <laughs> everything was like, it was like everything was a forest you know i don't know right. <laughs> um and you know like how they built the towns and when i was doing some of my graduate work uh one of uh my colleagues um, was was working on a paper about the Maroons. And I was like, wow, you know, that's totally fascinating. And it's, you know, it's a it's a group of people who actually, um, you know, were able to stave off um, their the oppressors and they build their own communities. And so that's kind of, that was in the back of my head as well. And so in terms of looking at, um, what the research would be like I had a chronology of who all of the her family members would have been right looking at um how old would they be during a particular time period um where would they live and so that whole long chart and then um you know in you know in 19 in in 1854 what was happening in 1854 in this particular town and that you know, what sparked the research. So I'm always sort of asking that question, what if and what is happening now? And then go look for the answers. Um, and so once I had that, um, I was able to sort of begin the process of writing. But even as I was writing, I was still researching because as I'm writing, there are certain things that will come up that I have to go back and and, and look up and, and uh, you know, to be able to fill in some of those holes. And then I was very fortunate to um, be in contact with um, what the woman who um, had the digital library um, in Sag Harbor. And she provided me with um, so many digital records because I was writing during the pandemic. Oh, okay. <laughs> And so I, I couldn't, I couldn't go there. Yeah. The, the, the museum, everything was closed. And so I, she was, she able, she was able to um, allow me access to a lot of the files um, that I would have been, you know, able to see if I would have been able to visit. So, so that was, um, so that was helpful. And so that's kind of, you know, what my process was. 
I wish I, I could say that I have, you know, like this very, you know, um, <laughs> strict, you know, rules and this is what I do. But a lot of it is just happenstance. Um, one thing sort of like leads to the other. And I'm sort of, you know, constantly asking myself questions. What, what do I need? What do I want? What do I yeah. want to say? And then sometimes I have to go back and, you know, like re, redo things. You know, I found that, you know, the, the, the ages of the women where they were, their age became a problem in terms of the children that they had. So do about things like that, you know, so I had to make those types of adjustments. So those are, you know, that was kind of like, you know, the process and, you know, just, just going through stacks of, I have like a, a a three ring binder about, you know, like, (laughs) you know, full of, full of notes and, um, you know, printouts and, and all sorts of stuff that I was able to use. And I think, what is the most surprising thing that I discovered? The Episcopal Church um, I, I read actually had under the floor was a secret passageway that those continuing north or those who were hiding were able to hide under the floor of the church. So I was like, wow, you know, now, and it's, it's, it's a real church. Yeah. <laughs> yes. You know, so, and you know, so all of the things, you know, so, so much of, what's in it is real, you know? Um, and of course, you know, I build sort of my, my tale around the realities of what was actually happening. I imagine that's so fascinating. Like, I guess once you're, I don't know, like, cause once you like immerse yourself and really get in the zone and then it's like, you have to keep, I feel like I would have to keep reminding myself, like, like these were real people. This is what happened. Like, Cause like, I can't, I've, I've luckily, you know, a blessing my life. <laughs> like I've been very blessed in life. I've never had to hide underneath in a crawl space in a church and thinking like, it kind of gives you just having those little tidbits of history of those firsthand accounts or even secondhand, thirdhand of, of however history is being transferred. It's like you come across that and you're, you're kind of like, holy shit. Like you're, you kind of, it gives you a sense of perspective where, I mean, obviously, you know, I'm, I'm white, but it's just like, not only racially, but also like just generationally too. And it's so, that's why I think like you're somewhat, just the way that you shared Alessandra's story and the way that you tied those historical moments. Cause, um, you know, at least maybe not, until recently, the, the Tulsa massacre, for example, it, it, fucking horrifying. Excuse my language, but it's just, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's horrible. And it's like, yeah. it, but you know, that I'm glad that that seems horrible to us now, you know, that we have a long way to go, but you know, my opinion, but that there's so much of, uh, the general, society, like mainstream anyway, that thinks like it's almost disbelief. Like, oh, did that really happen? It's like, well, I feel like it was it was trying to be covered up or hidden away or glossed over for so long Mm -hmm. because like Black Wall Street was a thing. It was absolutely a thing. Yeah, it was. And, you know, it's been brought to light in recent years, but it's like that's the severity of those real life events are like just that's the shining example of what's so important. Like, obviously, there are so many stories to tell and there's so many ways to tell these stories. And that's why I just... I don't know. I, I, it didn't, obviously it didn't, her, Alessandra's story didn't resonate with me, but it, it just like, I was just like so sucked in. Cause I, cause I was like, you know, this is what it, her story resonates with so many. And I imagine, you know, so many families out there can totally relate to that or totally have, whether or not they know it, they have very similar, like parallel stories to tell. And that's mm-hmm. what makes it so heartbreaking. But you, you managed to make it heartbreaking and heartwarming at the same time like because i because you you toggle between the the parallel timelines and um i think the reader kind of finds out for you know we want to be spoiler free but i think the the reader kind of has a hunch first like before it's confirmed that you know oh there's something here like there's a reason why we're being told these two stories and then when it's finally like when it gets closer and closer and closer to her connecting the dots, I felt like myself just being like, yes, like, come on, let's get there. Like, yes, girl, like don't fight it anymore. <laughs> like, and it's so, yeah, absolutely. And I think, um, 
as a result and she's just she's so human and she's so like authentic where she's like she has not had a an easy upbringing like her her story is heartbreaking and and i felt for her you know but that's just like credit to you for for making me feel <laughs> for making me feel so hard for her but it's it's absolutely it's a human condition of like people who have have walked away um and who have fought that and then only for life to just come and be like hey it's time like guess what it's it's up to you you got to come back whether you want to or not whether you're ready or not it's time for you to to figure this out and to come to terms and to you know to come back and i i just i loved it and i love like again the historical moments the significance of how her her family lineage has just been touched by all of these um all of these things and i it's just so like added the pacing was well done but it's like that that stuff that was just like okay okay here we go you know it's like every time we kind of like flash back i was like okay all right <laughs> like yes what are we gonna all find right. out now you know? right exactly and, we're, exactly. and, and, and you're finding out with her you know, so she's discovering these things and she's stopping and thinking and, you know, you're stopping and thinking. It's like, okay, well, hurry up and read some more. Yeah. And we'll find out what happened, you know? Or like with her best friend, I forget her name, but who comes and um, helps her out where she's like, no, come on, let's go. What are we doing? <laughs> yeah, answer that. Wait, you, you found it? What? <laughs> right. Like, why are we sitting here? You're like, oh. <laughs> like, like, forget our breakfast or whatever. Like forget, like let's go. Let's you know, like I I loved it. It was just that excitement with it too. Maybe ha- okay. So like you also you do short stories too and novels, kind of both of those. So is there any like method you know method to your madness where you where you kind of come up with an idea and you feel like oh uh, this this is good for a short story. I know where I want to start, middle and end it. Um, and I only need. 20 pages to do so or something like that or like versus another story where you come up you idea you come up with and you're like uh no I, this has this has more to it um kind of what what helps you kind of bounce bounce in between those two um <clears throat> methods of delivery so to speak uh well you know to be quite frank it's it's really my publisher right so my publisher will say you know we're doing an anthology and, you know, it's a holiday anthology. And so we want you to do, you know, Christmas and somebody's going to do New Year's and somebody's going to do Kwanzaa, right? So okay. the stories are going to be in this thing or we're going to do a Mother's Day thing. Um, and so we know that you only have 120 pages to write this novella. Um, and so your, your focus is narrower. Um, the complications, of course, are going to be less. Mm-hmm but you still have to have a full bodied story. And so, but when I, you know, am, I'm, when I'm developing novels, you know, I always think on a larger scale automatically. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it's, it's, it's a process because even in the writing classes that I, that I teach, every story may not have the breadth and depth that it needs to be a full bodied novel. Right. And so you have to, figure out what are going to be the complications when you look at the story arc. Um, you know, what are those things that are going to get you to your climax and then your resolution? Do you have enough there? Right. Um, you know, how big is this story? You can't, you know, if I'm writing a romance, the whole story can't be about the fact that, you know, one conversation would have fixed the whole problem. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just like, all they had to do was sit down and talk. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what else is it? And so I'm always excited about the world around me. And so I'm like, I'm always, you know, reading and listening to the news and watching, you know, different things on television and list overhearing conversations. And so all of those things, um, spark interest in me. And so I like to write about things that I'm interested in, um, first and foremost. And so a lot of, even though they may be, um, romantic, um, will have that romantic element and you'll have this relationship underneath of it, um, are these other issues, right? If yeah. it's, you know, um, a book that mm-hmm. I just did for, um, for Harlequin was all about, the Me Too movement, mm-hmm. but it was reversed. 
rather than it being the man, it was the woman. And so, because that was something that was interesting to me, what would happen in a television pro, you know, a, a newsroom where you have these balances of power, um, but you have this relationship going on as well. Mm. Um, and so that's what that story was about. So usually everything that I write has some underlying social issue um, that I like to kind of tackle, not to push it in your face, mm. but you can feel it as you're moving through, just like with I am Aya, um, although there, you know, it's, it's this sort of historical type story. Um, the history is not a history lesson. Like the, the, the history is sort of woven into the story so that you sort of like get it, you can feel it. And it's like, Oh, that happened in 1921. Wow. You know, but it's not like now we're going to talk about a <laughs> massacre and this is what yeah. happened to poor people, but <clears throat> it's, it's what is happening to these people during this time period. Um, <clears throat> and so that's, that's what I go after. That's such a, a good way to, to go about it. Cause definitely I think that a lot of people, I don't know, <laughs> as many more of these like ideas come to light, I feel like some, some of the narrative is like, Oh, it's just, why do you have to force it? But it's like, well, I guess, okay, you got to find that, that sweet spot. Right. But yeah, it's like, I definitely got that with your writing. I mean, in my opinion, like deal with it, you know, <laughs> but with your, with I am, I, uh, I felt like, yeah, you definitely hit that where at, at the end of the day, it was her story and it was her finding herself um, unexpectedly and her finding who she was and, and where she comes from. And who she like where she comes from is much more significant than she could have ever imagined and you know and that's where you kind of fit those pieces in like well no you know there's ella and then there's may ella and then there's um olivia i think it was like you go down the line we you know (laughs) there's so many tangents we could go on because i'm like i want to pull in you know other themes but it's um also one of the things that you made in her lineage was the difficulty co- to conceive or to like the, the birth troubles. And that was like, I just remember while I was reading it, I, I remember just being like, Oh, like just cause after, you know, after a while you're like the readers kind of like rooting for her, her whole line, her ancestral line. And then it's, you find out it just like happens one after the other, like generation after generation, um, the women in her family, unfortunately, have have not the smoothest of times. And I, as a reader, I was like, "Oh, it happened again!" Like, "Oh, like you like after every generation, you had a whole." And but it's like, you know, personally, I've never um, dealt with that loss. I have two little boys, and I'm I'm blessed that they've been uneventful pregnancies and deliveries. Right, every business as usual, but I know, like I have people close to me who have had it, and it's just so common. And I imagine with that culture divide, something that I still don't understand if if it's just me not having enough information or just not being like completely maybe rose colored glasses. I'm just like, why is that? Why is that difference between skin color so? Why is it so stark? Like such a stark difference with the with the you know, why is it so much more common mm-hmm. um, that do- is not only, it's not just attributed to like genetics, right? Like it's not. And and that's like another thing that, you know, you bring to life because it's just that generational heartbreak. And, but somehow you drive it. Cause you, I think that's another method to drive it home. I'm going to go all over the place with this. Cause I love this story. <laughs> There's so much to go off of in this story, but that's another theme to like drive it home that she's still, her line still, still prospered her family lineage like they like no matter how much troubles like you know and and obstacles and heartbreak that they that they encounter not just with um it's something as simple as like just reproduction it's not you know even if even if you're white and you've had you've had not never had to deal with any of like this generational trauma the generational hardships any of that shit that you know this country has has enacted it's like even if you're only dealing with that that's like horrible in itself and then it's just like you're you're you you threw you know you threw a lot under her and it just like added so much and it added 
you know, if, if we didn't, if the readers didn't feel for her line at that point, they definitely did. But I just remember when I, when we're, we're catching up through the generations and I was just like, Oh no, not again. Like, yeah. Uh, and so was that something that like, was it like kind of like another part of your, like, just kind of wanted to feed, feed that additional theme in or a little tid, like a little big tidbits, you know, into her story? Yeah. Um, it was a, it was a combination of things when I was developing the, the family line and going through, you know, the different years and how old the women would be. Um, I knew that there was only going to be one survivor from Mm. each generation. Mm. Right. So what did that mean? Um, and so that would mean that, you know, it, it would mean loss. Um, because all of these women, you know, were married, they were in love. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so you would think that they would have, you know, 10 kids in the 10 years, but it was that difficulty. And then, it, and it's, it's sort of a metaphor for, you know, the overall struggle. Um, and, and, and a metaphor for resiliency and that resilience, that, that desire to continue. Yeah. Um, is present. And so the fact that finally, yes, here's, here's my child, you know, this child um, can now be our, our step towards the future. And we go through this over and over that struggle to survive. Yeah. um, And, and to continue um, our legacy, our, our family. So, um, so, so that was, you know, that was, that was a lot of it. You know, and just the fact that I knew that in, in juggling the the years and, and the women and their ages, you know, I started thinking like, you know, especially during this time period, you know, she's 28 years old and she hasn't had a child yet. Why would that be? Mm. And so that began to play into to the story and helped me to to shape um, each of each of the women and the struggles that they went through. Yeah. Um, that desperation and that desire to to survive, uh, yeah. you know, which which is a thread that runs, you know, throughout the the entire narrative. Absolutely, and you find a way to like twist the knife with with Jessica's story <laughs> with her mom's, because yeah, because you know she uh, yeah. Alessandra remembers that her mom wanted to hide it, or she was like the chest was, was a trigger to her almost. It was, she was just like, absolutely not, you know, and I'm, you know, I'm half Mexican and my, I, my grandmother on my mom's side in Chicago, cause that's where, where I'm at with where I'm from. So my, like the, the language barrier stopped there. The language, the, what would have been passed along was stopped there because they just wanted to fit in. They wanted to be as American mm. as pop. They wanted yeah. to be as American as possible. Mm-hmm. to to survive and so like some of that stuff resonated where i like i just could i couldn't help but understand where she just her, jessica her mom wanted wanted to just you know fit that mold of what they needed to be in order to fit in but also like have an easier time where you know right. she, you know and <clears throat> it was like it was so necessary at the time but it was like also heartbreaking because you're like you know, she could have, she could have skipped so much, <laughs> so much like, like such a duration of just being, not being oblivious, but like just being hidden from that, just being kind of being blocked from that. And she could have reached this point of, of self-awareness and, and, and knowledge um, so much earlier, but understandably her mom was just like, uh, no, no, just put it away. Absolutely not. We're good. Like, don't need to worry about that. Like, Let's carry on. And it's like the, you know, the magic of <laughs> we could, like I was going to say, we could go into it. The magic of uh, the neighbor across the street of the yep. connections and all of that. But I there are certain things I want to leave as a surprise to the reader, because obviously we can totally go into that. So special. Like I like, w- again, once that part of it culminates, it's you're just like, oh, <laughs> I just remember like. I just, I couldn't, I, after a certain point, I just couldn't put the book down because I wanted to know, but um, yeah, it's, it's just like, it's sad, but I feel like it's just so common with so, you know, America, right? Like, yeah. It's all about assimilation. Yeah. 
you know, and, and that- it's relating to this Western ideology of what is acceptable. You know, we are going to, you know, strip you of your your culture, your language, your religion. And this is what you follow, you know, to be accepted. Right. And so when you come into this, this society, you know, as a person of color, you automatically stand out. Cause you can't, you know, you can't blend in. So we know no. you. So what, so what do we have? So what do we do? You know, we straighten our hair, you know, we try to lighten our skin. We speak a certain way. We want to live a certain way. Yeah. You know, all of these different things. And so Alessandra's mother, you know, came up during a time when, you know, it was still difficult for, you know, people of color to have any t- sort of status Right. In society. And so what do I need to do? I need to make sure she goes to the best schools and she's, you yeah. know, belongs to these different clubs and she's going to be the best dressed and all of these things and erase all of that other ugly stuff, all of the trauma and all of that stuff that doesn't exist. We're going to start a whole new, um, you know, a new generation of, of, of family. And so Alexandra grew up not knowing about her past, but how many of us really know about we may know our grandmother right but do we know our grandmother's grandmother what what they went through how they got here all of these things and it gets lost because we spend so much time trying to be americanized yeah absolutely absolutely and like that's such a good point because i'm thinking like who's my grandmother's grandmother i maybe have seen a picture of her but that's probably about it yeah like yeah and in your language absolutely because i'm thinking now like yeah like my my dad's irish so it's like i you know i look like a white version of my mom i've I've just grown up knowing that <laughs> and like and, but it's you know it's that pull where it's like oh obviously i i would love to be bilingual i i understand a lot conversationally but i i don't put it on my resume because i'm not I'm not yeah. there, <laughs> you know, but like I, my family, I have my mom's side of the family. I, you know, they still own properties on both sides of the border. It's like, I have a place to stay. You no, know, you know, if mm-hmm. I go to visit them mm-hmm. and, you know, and so, and I appreciate that. And I love that. I, like, and then my, that's my mom's dad's side of the family. My mom's mom's side of the family have been in Texas, but since before it was Texas, like they were in that region. Mm-hmm two centuries ago since before two centuries ago before that that uh land became america and so it's just kind of like stories like that and it just kind of shows you like you know it's like yeah it's it's america's history but like there were people here <laughs> there were yeah. people here yeah and we we need to respect that too because there are so many people like me it's like yeah i look like i hop hopped off the irish boat but you know, you, you see like stories here and there and my ancestors and other people's ancestors who, um, you know, you track it down and who, who's really, who's really supposed to be here. Right. It's like, you know, it's, it just opens up a whole can of conversation. I don't want to say a whole can of worms because it could be good. <laughs> it could be good too. It could be good too. Like, I just, yeah. you know, <laughs> so I love, I love, this is a two part question. I, I, uh, I love to ask it cause I love, uh, seeing what the answers are. So uh, most challenging parts to write, most enjoyable parts to write. Um, Let's see. Probably the most challenging part was keeping the, the dates and locations correct. Mm. It's probably the the most challenging, like keeping that order. Mm -hmm. Um, Especially when I was, cause as you, you know, as you're reading, you're going back and forth and back and forth and it's like, okay, wait, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that type of thing. So that, that was probably the most challenging. Um, the most rewarding thing was the discovery of so much information. It was just wonderful. Um, I I was even able to in some of the the digital files, that's how I got the inspiration for um Charlotte writing her journals. Um, one of uh, the ancestors' friends. And so it was like, yes, during that time, the white gentry, you know, the young women would mm-hmm. write in their journals. And I was like, okay, yes. So I can have this other character be a mirror to to Ella, to Mayella. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. and be able to see that there that that there could be a connection um that they could be friends that there is a way to bridge that gap um and and that they they cared for each other and cared about each other and we see that through um through the through the journal you know she's getting married and you know she doesn't really want to lose her friend we all know what that's like yeah yeah we, we know what that feels like um and so I, so that 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 was that was um interesting to to see you know actual journals and then deciding on the different handwritings for you know the different um you know as as they become more educated um the language begins to change the the um the writing begins to change yeah. you'll see that change you know as you move through the story as well so that that part was fun um so just writing it and and um you know realizing new things and you know you get to a new chapter and it's like okay this is what I want to you know this is what we're going to do in this chapter you know yeah. <laughs> um so so writing it the writing it was was fun the whole the whole process was fun um the research was amazing um i will be you know forever changed by all of the things that you know i thought i knew but found out right um, you know as i as i was going through it so yeah have you do you already know about your own like ancestral line or like it has this what, what how has this actually, changed you it actually kind of like sparked cuz we have a all of my aunts at this point all of my elders have passed mm-hmm. my mother my father my grandmother my grandfather all my aunts all my uncles um we have one elder left in the family we have a relatively big family sure one elder that's left and she what's, has- what's that what's that secret <laughs> <laughs> so she has maintained sort of like the family tree okay. so um so we know where the different branches of the tree are are um going back to um Barbados and over to England. Um so we do have that. I have recordings of my grandmother because she passed away when she was 104. Oh wow. Um, we have um records of her arriving in in America from Barbados. So when when she has to sign the documents, you know, to 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 come here. Um so we have that. So I, I can go back beyond my grandmother to her mother her sisters her sister's children and her parents grandparents that's about as far back as we as we that's gone. amazing everybody you better make a bunch of copies of that too <laughs> yeah you know? yeah yeah so that's that's about as far back and then you know it's sort of like really sparked you know, this interest in genealogy yeah. where I, where I work, I work at um, the college here in, in Brooklyn, Mega Evers. And we just did um, a whole program around um, Octavia Butler's Kindred. Okay. And, and um, then Kindred. Oh, hold on. Is that the one that's going to be? That was show? a television show. Yeah. They, they made a TV show. Uh, out of it. Oh gosh. I, I remember seeing the trailer and I was like, what? Like got to yeah. add it, add to my two watch list. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And so um, then we had a, a follow-up program um, about genealogy. And so we had a speaker come on and talk about, you know, the, this is how you can find out different things. And she sort of, and I, you know, it was fascinating. So, you know, everybody's on this genealogy chicken. One of my yeah. <laughs> closest friends, um, she like stays in the rabbit hole. Like, how do you find out this stuff? You know, I'm asking her that like all the time. She's like, I she just never leaves. Yeah. No, she finds out all kinds of things about, you know, obscure newspaper articles from, you know, a hundred years ago from the town that her family lived in. And that's where she wants. It's just, it's, it's incredible. Did, so know, does that kind of like inspire Zach's character then? Cause he was definitely like an integral part of putting all that together. Yes. Yeah. Yes, like fact, a character yeah. that was like, Oh, this is what I do. Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, by the way, yeah. That's 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 what I do for a living. You know, I right? Up stuff. <laughs> like, oh, what I'm working on actually right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, so and you know, I didn't want it to be 
like, oh man, come on, coincidence. Yeah, no, but, but it, it, you made it so an accountant. <laughs> <laughs> that wouldn't have worked. It's so, so true. But he, it was you made it so special. You made it so special that it, it was yeah. I mean yeah, maybe it was like too perfect, but it was just like that. That's just how it fits. That's how it happens because that's what. Because you you add that history in there, and that's just like, mm-hmm. oh shit! Like, of course, of course. Yeah. And I just, I uh, those two characters and her their story, it's it's still with me. Like, I finished this book. I don't even know, like maybe a few weeks ago. And, um, you know, because I <laughs> try to keep a good schedule out to make sure that I finish a book before I talk to you, and <laughs> it <laughs> got my my thoughts collected and everything. Um, but I just remember like. I like after finishing the book, I there, there, you know, when you finish certain stories, you're just, you're, you're just, you look up and you're like, what? Like, or I don't know. It was like a mix. It's like, I loved how the story ended, but it was just like, it hit me. Like I wasn't expecting it. Cause it just hit me so profoundly where I was just like, oh my God, like, <laughs> and I did. That's why I was like, I love this story so much, even though I cannot relate to it at all. Um, but I just, I have, I just think it's so fascinating and it's so important. It's so important that you, that writers, authors like you tell stories like this, because, you know, if it's the stuff that you, you, we should learn in history, but then it's also the stuff that we should learn on our own, like on our own exploration and, you know, not just me, a random reader who's, who's, uh, been approached with this story, but it's like, I, I, will recommend your story to like everyone. I know it's so important for uh people of color to like just inspire them to like, you know, well, I don't want to speak for you, but I just inspire people to like dig a little deeper, right? Like yeah. yeah. Not e- not even just within their own lineage, but with the- <laughs> it's like just there's so much depth to like what this country is and it's 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 a ba- as much bad as it is good and it's we have to, we have to own it. We have to own all of it. And that's why it was just so, I loved, I loved it. I loved what you did with the story and I, I can't gush about it enough. Like I just, <laughs> lo- I loved it. Just like your writing style and the way that you fed all the details and the way that you weaved the story together and the way that you like, you made me feel <laughs> and the way that you make read. I am, but I, maybe you're used to it. Cause you have like what, 20 books under your belt. You've been writing since the eighties. I don't, I don't know. Maybe you're used to it. Maybe you're used to having this effect on people. <laughs> well, you know, I don't think, I don't think you ever get used to it because, you know, writing is very insular, you know, oh, so yeah. world and I'm writing and, you know, I'm finished and I send it to the editor and the editor sends it back and I look at it again. Yeah. Like, I can't read this anymore, you know, <laughs> and then, you know, it goes out into the world right. and really never know what the impact is going to be. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's very subjective. Yeah. You, know, you could have read it and, you know, got totally offended by certain things that happened. You know what I mean? Um, Somebody else will read it and be like, oh, wow, you know, this is fantastic. Or, yeah. you know, they get triggered by the fact that, you know, women lost babies, yeah. um, you know, all sorts of stuff. But at the end of the day, it's really, it's, you know, I think, you know, I, I, it's an African-American story, but that's not really what it is. It's a, it's a human story. It's a story about family. It's a story about coming to terms with who you are as a person it's about, you know, finding someone who loves you for who you are. Yeah. Find that perfect person, that person that you've been looking for. Um, and 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 it's it's all of those things. And so yeah. even though the characters are are black characters, the story and, and the things that happen to them, you know, may not have happened to another group of people, but the underlying messages of the story is universal and that's why you feel the way that you do right because even though you say well you know this is this doesn't you know this isn't really me it doesn't but it is it does Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. if it didn't you wouldn't feel that way yeah i you would yeah because you wouldn't have i wouldn't have felt 
you wouldn't have connected so, with it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, but don't sell yourself short. You're a wonderful writer. You oh, got you, you definitely you got <laughs> got your talent. You got your what like, you know, 30, 40 plus years of uh experience to to show for it for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see here. Ooh, I want to ask you this story, this uh, question too. Um, Just a couple more questions. What advice would you give to Alessandra? What advice would you give to Zach? Ooh, hmm. What would I give? (laughs) Um, I would, let's see. What would I tell Alessandra? To continue to remain open to possibility. And not just see the world through the lens of her camera, but beyond that. And that's what she was beginning to do. You mm-hmm. know? Her, mm-hmm. her, her world was, you know, as big as the lens of the camera. That's all she saw. Um, so that, that I would, I would do and to keep her heart open um, in terms of Zach to continue to do what he does because his work is so important. Um, his work is so very important and to um, continue to allow Alexandra to find herself and to continue to love his grandmother. That's mm. the thing that I love so much about him, their relationship. Um, I love their relationship. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, I loved it. you can always tell what kind of um, man you have by the way they treat the women in their lives. Absolutely. Absolutely. So. Yeah. And I think that's one thing that I've noticed about, um, one, you know, I think one thing society doesn't catch upon, uh, maybe with communities of color. It's just so many, you know, my, my nephew is, uh, a half black and half Mexican and, and he, you know, and I, and I love that he has a really, that his dad is in the picture and he has a, such a strong relationship with his dad. But then I like, I know his dad and it's like, like, of course he would. Like, he's not the type of person that would, um, you know, he lo- he loves it and he does his due diligence by making sure that his son understands things. And, but just seeing how, you know, how he is with his mom, just like, oh, you know, and so that's why I like my two little boys. I'm like, it's like, I'm going to, you know, whoever they love, like if they love a like opposite sex, same sex, whatever, I'm going to make sure that they, they know, you know, that they, that they get it and that they know and they're raised right. They act right. You know, the, cause it's so true at the end of the day, like, if if the man like even if they they don't seem like they got their whole lives together if they treat the the woman in their life right they like they love them they worship them they say yes ma'am no ma'am like that's <laughs> it's such a green flag it's such a green flag so like absolutely and and you can't you know i feel like zach is like you know almost uh perfect boyfriend adjacent you know where he's like he he's experienced but he is like he's down to earth and he is doing important work. He's doing the real work and he's passionate about it. And then he's got his grandma, Mrs. O who's no nonsense. And mm-hmm. she's just, she's just there with her secrets ready to yeah. she's like, when, when you're ready, I'm ready. <laughs> he's mm-hmm. just like, grandma, you knew this whole time. And he, she's just like, well, yeah. was it like, yeah. was it? <laughs> that's what's like i love all the characters like i love morgan i loved um oh my god i'm so sorry i don't remember her best friend's name Antoinette? was it Antoinette? i think so i remember it could have been i don't know i feel, for some reason i feel like it started with a j but i i could be completely wrong but either oh. way um her best friend it was like I, I loved all the relationships i loved all the characters i loved just everything you did with it and it it's just so fantastic it's so wonderful and so worth everybody's time to to pick up your book yeah absolutely um so donna hill what do you have next on your plate if anything that you could talk about um actually i'm i'm getting i'm diving back into the rabbit hole Um, (laughs) i am working on a novel about the pullman porters um and for those that don't know it was it was start, started by George um Pullman back in the 1800s and he was responsible for all of the sleeping cars like hmm. what we what we know today as Amtrak and you know having people come around and you talk to you and you can sleep and do long distances he his his work was the precursor for that however 
the porters who worked those trains um, started off as freed black male slaves. And this was their, their, their first jobs as free men. And it was through them that they began to build the black middle class. Um, and so my story is about one of the porters who escapes, you know, his, his life becomes a, a porter on a train and meets the woman that will carry him through. So it's, mm. it's their story. And, um, so that's kind of like where it is right now. Um, I wrote like the first few pages to kind of get a feel for what I wanted to do, but that's what it's going to be about. So it, it'll be, they'll be traveling across country. So we'll see different parts of the country. Um, you know, what she has to do because she has to stay behind, you know, because they work, you know, weeks and months at a time mm. without able to come home. Um, what that's like and um, how they build their relationship and, and all of that. So nice. Next. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to add you to my like to read list because you got plenty of work out there to catch up on. But if anything, I'll add you to like my to listen list. <laughs> like, yeah. I'll get you on my audiobooks, all of that. And um, yeah, I'm going to. They just put I am Aya on audio. I think that'll be coming out on audio. But one last thing before we go, um, the book that came out before it, Confessions in B flat. That was picked up by Amblin Partners and Octavia Spencer is producing it. So I read that. That's so exciting. Yes. Congratulations. I'm like, that is, that's huge. That's major. That's totally major. <laughs> you know, when they told me, I was like, wait, what? I know. I'm going to have to have to find some time to squeeze that in so that I can go see it. Cause I, that's so exciting to me. That's so yeah. awesome. I love it when it's like, you know, I we we all know about the literature, and then we hear about our favorite books or our favorite authors having works like growing into other mediums, and it's like ah shit, like yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited yeah. for you. That's so what I I don't even know what that's about, but yeah, I did read about that. I was like oh shit, like okay, like add on my you know my notes or my to do list, my to read list, all that, and my to watch list. Yeah. And I'm I that's awesome. That's awesome. It well deserved. Obviously, Thank you know, you. yes. And Octavia Spencer, that's huge. I love her. Yeah, yeah. I'm just like, Woof, okay. <laughs> all right, fine. You know, you all can do the ABC. <laughs> you gotta act cool, you know. Yes, <laughs> yeah. you know? But meanwhile, I'm like screaming in my head. You yeah. Know? And, and it was um, you know, because they ju- they just made an announce the announcement like last month. Right. Um, I've known for like two years. And so I you've could, kept this I, secret for like two years. Yeah, oh my God. I, yeah. I, I was just like, that <laughs> <laughs> was crazy. So when they finally, when they finally announced it, I was away. I was at a conference and oh. knew that for, it was supposed to be that Wednesday. And we're all, you know, the publisher, everybody's like waiting, you know, staring at the screen. Yeah. (laughs) And Wednesday came and went. It was like, oh boy, here we go. Another delay. And then third, I woke up and I looked at my phone and they're like, did you see that? Tag, 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 tag. Like, yeah, yeah. So I, and I just like literally in my hotel room, I just burst into tears because it was like years of like holding on to that. I was just like, oh my God. And so, yeah, it's like it comes in waves because you like, you were so excited when you first heard about it. Then we're like, okay, don't talk about it. (laughs) Right. You can't say anything. You can't tell anybody, like nobody at all. I was like, oh my God. Oh my gosh, that's amazing! I figure that maybe that's probably common though. Unfortunately, yeah, it takes, it takes yeah. a while for things to come to fruition. Yeah, so you know, but uh, oh, that's yeah. exciting! So congrats, Donna Hill. I am Aya. The way home coming out May twenty third. Where can we find you on the internet, on social media, website, all that good stuff? Um, my website needs some work, but it's um, <laughs> DonnaOhill dot com. Um, I'm on Facebook. I just became sort of like addicted to Twitter. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Uh, so I like hover around there. I don't, I never really use Twitter too much. I had an account, but I'm on, I'm on Facebook a lot. I have a fan page and I have my regular page. Um, so you can always find me over there. I'm doing something. And that's like all on your website. Probably like they could mm-hmm. find, yeah. find you. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Donna Hill, thank you so much. This was, I feel like we could talk for like ever. This was just a wonderful conversation, such a wonderful book. 
I am Aya the way home. I cannot recommend it enough. Um, good for people who are into historical fiction, people who are into uh, the African culture, um, literature, right? Or people who are just know you. Pick pick up your pick up your next book, right? <laughs> yeah, anybody that wants a good read, yes. I and I will I will second that. It's a, a great read. Thank don't don't sell so your don't sell yourself much. short. <laughs> thank you, so, you much. so much. This was this was wonderful. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Megan. And there you go. That was Donna Hill. We're talking about I Am Aya The Way Home. That comes out on May 23rd. You could check out the show notes to find links to find out where she is on the internet and on social media. And of course, where you can purchase the book. Rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. Um, if there are books that you find that you like, go ahead and rate those books on Goodreads and Amazon. It really does help the authors out. Follow us, the Nerd Cantina and Cantina Book Club on Twitter and Instagram. If you're ever looking for uh, your next read, check out my book reviews on thenerdcantina.com. And as always, thank you guys so much for listening. <laughs>